Is there any sin so bad that God will refuse to forgive it? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. No matter how deep your stain is of sin, no matter how deep it goes into your DNA, no matter how many times you've done it or who you've done it with or whatever it is, what, however deep and however deep that stain of sin, of guilt is in your life, God says, I am willing and able to remove it. What a great word. What great news. What great gospel. Not only for a nation, but for every individual who will believe in Christ. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. This is The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman, and we thank you for joining us today. As Americans, we certainly have much to be thankful for. Sure, we have problems, but we also have the freedom to worship God and proclaim our faith in Him. There's no question, though, that our nation is headed in the wrong direction, spiritually and morally. It was once said that if God doesn't judge our country for our moral depravity, He owes Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. How can our nation be healed? Let's explore that question with Pastor Al on today's edition of The Dwelling Place. In the midst of this economic decline, in the midst of the things that they're facing here, the Lord is merciful toward Judah, and God is merciful toward America today. Look at verse 9, where the Bible says, Unless the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom, and we would have been made like Gomorrah. He would have wiped us off the face of the earth. But for the small remnant that is in Judah. I believe the church today is God's remnant in the world. Jesus called us a remnant. When he said in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the salt of the earth. Judah had a small remnant. Oh, they weren't the most popular. Just a small remnant. They weren't popular in the eyes of the world, but they were popular and they were important in the eyes of God. And because of this small remnant, God was having mercy on Judah. And I believe because of the remnant of the church, of those who are devoted to God, who love God, not perfect people, not people who are better than others, but people who are devoted to God because of the small remnant. Oh, you might be small, but in the eyes of God, you are great. And because you are a remnant in this country, God will have mercy upon our land. Let it be a lesson to us. Never discount the impact of your devotion to the Lord, the impact of your devotion to the Lord on a national level. You are important to God. You are salt. Our devotion should be reflected in the way that we live. And might I add, on the eve of midterms, also in the way that we vote. Amen. I can't shout hallelujah on Sunday in church and then vote in a way that dishonors God. I was reading recently in American Center for law and justice reported, and I quote, that California just passed a bill allowing babies to be killed up to, the tw to 28 days after birth. 
No, I can't even believe this. I thought, you know, this is, this is crazy. The article went on to say that Colorado may be next. So people sit back and go, oh, the world's this, and we curse the darkness and all. Light a candle. Go vote. <laughs> Light a candle. Speak the truth. Light a candle. Be salt and be light in the world. The Bible declares in Proverbs chapter 14, this is our calling, for it says that righteousness exalts a nation, not politics. It's righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Amen. We need righteousness. It exalts a nation. It exalts us from a place of being cursed like Judah was to a place of blessing. It was Billy Graham who's noted for this, this, this quote that I'm going to share here, but it actually originated with his wife, Ruth Graham. But Billy Graham used to say that if God does not soon bring judgment upon America, he'll have to go back and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah, close quote. Amen. Let us be salt then. I think the lesson for us, let us be salt that we might be a blessing to our nation and that we might glorify God in our land. I like to play with acrostics, acrostic for salt, S-A-L-T, saints always living in truth, amen. <laughs> Trademark Pastor Al Pippen, 2000. 22. Amen. Just in, just in case. Somebody want to use it. Amen. <laughs> Be salt. The world needs some salty saints today to stand up for truth. To be a remnant. The remnant of God. In Isaiah's fourth diagnosis, he harshly, now he gets right up in their grill, right in their face. And he condemns Judah for their religious carnality, I call it. Carnality. It's a little long, but verses 10 to 17, read along with me. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 10, the prophet declares, hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Now, wait a minute, we're rulers in Judah. Now, God says you're in Sodom. We're rulers in America, God calls them Sodom, because of their godliness and their wickedness and their idolatry. You rulers of Sodom, give ear to the law of our God. You prop, you people of Gomorrah, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? He's talking about the temple. They're bringing sacrifices to the temple. And the Lord says, why? Why are you bringing sacrifices to the temple? And then he says, I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams, of, of rams and of the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. He's talking about the sacrifices offered in the temple. Verse 12, when you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Who called you here? Wow. This is, this is the Lord speaking. This is God's commentary on religion, religiosity. Verse 13, bring no more futile in Futile sacrifices, incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, all your religious celebrations, the new moons and the Sabbaths and, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. You can't come here with God on your lips and wickedness in your heart. God says, I can't endure it. Oh, you're packing them in. But God is not pleased. Listen to what he says. Verse 14, 
your new moons and your, your appointed feasts, my soul hates. Pretty strong. They are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, oh, we need another prayer meeting, I will not hear. Your hands are filled with, full of blood. There's injustice, there's murder in your hearts. God says, I'm sick of it. I wonder what the Lord thinks. Many churches, and I've read about some denominations that have ordained people who are not fit to be in ministry, who have embraced lifestyles and sin and called it justice or in the name of diversity to appease men. I wonder what the Lord thinks of us mixing his truth with lies. I believe he would say the same thing to the church today. Who called you here? Why do you even come to church? Why do you sacrifice? When you raising your hand, when you raise your hands, I turn away. I hate your religion. Wow. Jesus Christ did not die to bring us religion, but is into a right relationship with God. Paul declared that in the last days that there would be a people that would have a form of godliness, but denying the power and, upon, and from such people turn away. In other words, they, they have religion, but their lives are not changed. There's no power. Christ rose from the dead that we might live according to the power of God. And Paul said the kingdom of God is not just in word only, but in power. If your life is not changed, somebody said, then change your religion. Something's not right. Judah had a form, but no faith, because they did not believe in the power of God. Isaiah presents the diagnosis, but he also gives them the solution to their religious carnality. In verse 16, he says, wash yourselves. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the ill, the evil rather, of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Wash yourselves. What does that mean? It means repent. There is a personal and social reform that Isaiah speaks about in verse 16. Personal and social reform, I call it. A personal in that he says, you need to wash yourself. Nobody can wash you. Wash yourself. How do I do that? Cease from doing evil. And learn to do good. I like that he says learn to do good because we're hard-headed. But God has to teach us. Learn to do good. And then the social reform comes with seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless and plead the case and the cause of the widow. That's not passivity. That's power. That's not disengaged from society. That's being engaged in society. In the same manner, when we are transformed through faith in Jesus Christ, our lives should be affected both inwardly and outwardly. The church is called to impact the world, not the world, the church. Jesus called us salt. He called us light of the world. Christ is risen that we might live with power rather than a form of religious Passivity. God wants us to 
to stand for righteousness. He wants us to not walk in religion, but in power. So after his divine, I call it divine diagnosis, after Isaiah's divine diagnosis, the prophet now comes to the, what I call the ultimate cure for Judah. And it is the ultimate cure for our nation today. Verse 18, come now, the Lord says. And let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Obedience, deliverance, or be devoured. Today's message from Pastor Al is titled, The Healing of a Nation. We'll have the second half for you in just a moment. The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported ministry. Your consistent financial support enables us to keep this radio ministry moving forward. To make a one-time donation or to become a monthly supporter, just go to cwccs.org or text the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. You can also send a donation through the mail to The Dwelling Place, 501 Castle Road, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80904. And on behalf of Pastor Al, thanks for your support, both through donation and through prayer. Now here's Pastor Al with the conclusion of today's message. Let us reason together, like the Lord says. Come now, let us reason together. In other words, it's unreasonable for you to think you can save yourself. Let us reason together. Your sin is like scarlet. It it is as deep as crimson. And though it be like scarlet and crimson, it shall be as white as snow. It should be like wool. What does that mean? They would wash wool. And they would get it as white as they could. In other words, you'll be washed. Though your sin be as scarlet or be like crimson, it should be as white as snow. Scarlet, the color scarlet and crimson were the the firmest, firmest of dyes that go down into the fabric. It was not easily removed. But God is saying, come, bring it to me, and I'll remove it. No matter how deep your stain is of sin, no matter how deep it goes into your DNA, no matter how many times you've done it or who you've done it with or whatever it is, what, however deep and however deep that stain of sin, of guilt is in your life, God says, I am willing and able to remove it. What a great word. What great news. What great gospel. Not only for a nation, but for every individual who will believe in Christ. The truth becomes, this truth becomes a reality when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. The Lord is speaking in context in the Old Testament to the nation Judah, the nation of Israel, that he would bring forth the Messiah through the nation of Israel. God had a plan for Israel. But it's reality for us today when we come to Jesus Christ that our sins are washed away by his sacrifice. What a beautiful picture of hope for those who are stained with the guilt of sin. The scarlet and crimson stain of our sins were placed upon Christ. 
We see them placed upon him physically, and they are placed upon him spiritually as well. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 28, if you're taking notes, Matthew 27, verse 28, and also Luke chapter 23, verse 11, Luke 23, 11. What am I referring to here? It refers to the time when Jesus is, being, uh, is on trial, and the Roman soldiers place a scarlet, hmm, how come it wasn't blue or a scarlet robe over his shoulders? It was, it was meant to be the color, a sign of honor, but for them, it was a sign of mockery. They placed a crown of thorns on his head, and they smote him, beat him, and mocked him. They put the garment on him as mockery, and Jesus took on that garment, that scarlet robe, which unbeknownst to the soldiers represented their sins, though your sin be as scarlet. And he bore their sins of the very people who mocked him all the way to Calvary and died on the cross for our sins. Amen. They didn't know it, but that's what he was doing. Oh, give him praise and glory. Amen. Would you die for someone mocking you? And yet he did. And bore their sins all the way to Calvary. I think that's why he said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he says that in our, for America today, and for all who are mocking him even to this very day, he offers forgiveness for our mockery. Thank God for his grace and mercy. And he beckons us, despite the world's mockery, to come. To come despite our sickness of sin in our lives. To come. And when should we come? The Lord says, now. <laughs> come now. Oh, I'll come, pastor. I got to get some things together. I got to get my act together. You can't get your act together. That's why God sent a Savior. Because we are all stuck on stupid, one of my friend's famous sayings. <laughs> we are the definition of insanity. Trying the same things over and over again. Getting drunk and drugs and sex and all these different things. Repeating the same thing over again. Expecting different results. You can't get yourself together. He says, come now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Come now and be released from the crushing weight and guilt of sin. Though your sin be like scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. Because of the cross, we can come now. Because Jesus bore our sins, even though he was mocked and took them to the cross, we can come. My wife and I have gone through a lot here the last few months, Norman's gone through twice as much as I have. But it's hard, you know, as a husband to see your wife suffering and not being able to do anything about it. But pray and trust God. Hold her hand. and Pray together and all. But it is clear to us. And she had her surgery on October 2nd, liver transplant surgery. But it was very clear at one point that 
if she didn't have this surgery, then she would not be here today. By the grace of God, she's here today. And also because of her donor. We are, we are aware of the very fact that someone had to die in order for my wife to live. The type of surgery she needed, she needed a whole liver. Uh, the, we don't, don't tell you much about the donor, and we were told a little bit about them, but we're praying for their family because we know they, their loss has been our gain. It's interesting that the donor, all we do know is that they're, we're told they're from Oklahoma. The donor was from Oklahoma. And it's ironic, my mother-in-law is from Oklahoma. Norma kind of thinks it's her mom's still looking out for her. <laughs> but someone had to die in order for her to live. I thought about that. I thought, that's the gospel. Because Jesus had to die in order for you to live. For we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But he died for us that we might live. John 3.16 talks about a donor, a divine donor, who is Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus is our donor. He gave his life that we might live. And then he rose again that we may never die. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, give him praise and glory. Second Corinthians says it this way, for he that is God made him that is Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Verse 19 and 20 closes out our text. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But of course, if you deny God and rebel, you shall be devoured. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. God has spoken today. God is speaking to America. God is speaking to every individual heart. Do you know him today? Have you received God's forgiveness? He tells you to come now that your sin, no matter how deep the stain, can be totally forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. This has been The Dwelling Place with pastor and author Al Pittman. You can listen to today's message again, watch the video version, or download an MP3 with a simple click. Just go to cwccs.org and click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. That would be a great encouragement to Pastor Al and all of us here at The Dwelling Place. You can also share a prayer request with us, and we'll count it a privilege to pray for you. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Let me also remind you in closing that The Dwelling Place is a listener-supported outreach. We count on your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. If you'd like to join our support team with a one-time gift, 
or on a regular monthly basis, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us for another study in God's wonderful word. Next time on The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. Presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Dwelling Place.